Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the Ted Jones World Podcast with Peter Moran. I am Ted Jones alongside... Peter Moran. Peter Moran. What is that, man? How was that little gulp of water that you just had? Were you dehydrated before you Delicious. came Delicious. I've got, I've got like a little bit of cotton mouth going on, which uh, I probably had it for a while, but now's my first time speaking today, so I okay. like had to address it, you know? But the mouth is feeling good. I'm ready to go. Nice. So, dude, quickly, I guess before we start, um, I myself, I'm having a little coffee next to, um, next to my right hand here. And the reason I'm, I'm announcing this is because I believe I walked by your favorite go-to coffee spot, Mud. You the, strolled by the Mud? The easy, oh, you have the cup right next to you. No way. Yep. This, this bad boy's empty, but oh. was delicious today. Okay. So it's like East Village, Lower East Side. It's a nice yeah. little spot. Yeah. Nice, nice little shanty. I, uh, I, it was, I told you last time we discussed mud on air that I forgave them for a bad performance that day and yes. I'd be willing to take another chance on them. And in my laziness of not getting groceries, I was forced to swing by for my coffee this morning. And I got to tell you, did not disappoint. Delicious. The sandwich scrumptious, the coffee, not only great, but like filled me with energy. Now, where are you going grocery shopping these days again? Have you mentioned where you are? Oh, I, I just stopped by the local like supermarket. There's nothing in there. It's whatever. I get like bananas and spinach. That's it. How, how, like, how, like, how much do you buy for it? Like, is it a week's worth of food, two weeks or what? Yeah, a few days. It's just never all my meals. It's, it is what it is. I'm just ordering at least a meal a day. There's no way around it. It's funny, like every time I go to the grocery store now, which has been like four times I'm, it's, and I've lived in the same spot for years, I've only been to the grocery store four times, but I always think that I'm going to end up saving money going to the grocery store. Yeah. And then I really rarely ever do because like I'll eat some of the rice and like beans and then I'm still hungry and then I'll order yeah. something and then I'll get fruit or, or whatever it is. I always feel yeah. like I'm spending more money. You, you just can't live in a New York apartment and have enough space <laughs> to like comfortably cook and have all the appliances and do what it takes. And also you're probably living a busier lifestyle. You can't like, oh, I'm going to commit an hour and a half to my dinner. It just, it's just unrealistic. It sucks every month looking at my food budget, but just be honest with yourself. Wait, food a- budget? What do you, how do you mean by that? like the amount of money I budget for, for <laughs> no, eating, I, eating I, food. I, I know I knew what you meant literally by it but like do you have an excel spreadsheet of your budget yeah I mean I keep it in my really notes usually but yeah yeah I'm a, I'm a guy that budgets dude that's such a finance thing my mom's been getting on me for years <laughs> are you saying it's not to, to budget yeah that, I like, need to put work? it in an excel file yes I mean, absolutely I mean I don't necessarily put it in a file <laughs> it'll be in my notes but I know how much I'm spending on everything and like i'll blow by it if i want to spend something here's something about me if i want to spend the money i want to do the thing i'm spending the money whether i have the money or not i'm doing it i'm not talking lavish purchases but like if you said let's go out tonight and there were normal times and i was like i already spent my entertainment budget if i want to go out i'm going out so the budget is just there to like remind me but i'm doing whatever i want to (laughs) do always i'm not a self-control guy Okay, so do you have like your main like four expenses that you know you're going to spend each month? Like, you know, you have your rent, your laundry, your little coffee yeah. budget. You have like those four line items or what? Yeah, I got my fixed costs, whatever subscriptions, whatever, obviously rent, utilities. Wow. And then it's like food, it's transportation, Ubers, you know, and uh, then entertainment. So if I buy any booze, I go out, anything like that. And, uh, the rest, I put a couple hundred like miscellaneous if I have to like buy a shirt because I ran out. <laughs> yeah. 
I try to. I, good for you, man. I mean, good for me, unless you looked at the history of my budgets and were like, "Oh, you said you'd guess how much money I spent on food last month." Let's let's do this. <laughs> oh, are we are we pulling up the spreadsheet? We're pulling up the sheet. Well, well, okay. After November was nine hundred sixty dollars on food. That's just not good. Like budget or not, that's just not effective. Well, that sounds that like that food. sounds like you you would have been Uber eating a lot, considering every time yeah. you Uber eats, it's like between. I'd say conservatively, it's got to be between twenty and thirty dollars every time. Like no doubt, I don't think yeah, you can really run away from a like a price less than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost impossible to to go sub twenty, which is just crazy talk to be twenty a meal. But that's just what I've accepted. It's like okay, I want dinner. I'm going to order Chipotle. I get bare minimum bowl, the delivery tip, all that twenty bucks minimum. It's it's ridiculous. Everything. <sighs> New York is expensive, not just because the rent. It's because of the lifestyle, even in a pandemic. Well, also the, I mean, you're saying like the rent's expensive, but I think that the rent being expensive is kind of the reason why the food is so expensive, you know, like it trickles down to the stores, the store rent being super expensive. So instead of charging like $12 for that vegan beyond meat burger, they got to be charging $18. You know what I mean? hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't know. Uh, I feel like the prices, the food prices are like kind of similar in like in New York and LA, but feels yeah, like New when York, you go LA to, are both like big markets so those right are, but like when you go to like other places like like when i was in miami of course the ubers were super cheap the f- food seemed to be slightly cheaper like at a walgreens those fruit cups that i was eating consistently but now That's like miami. here at christides man like i each fruit cup is like six bucks so i yeah. eat three in one day and like forget about it yeah it's you can't you can't get your calories for cheap in New York. That's for sure. It is not a balking <laughs> city. And you, and back to the rent, you don't get a lot of space either. So it's not a good place to be big in. So right. my advice if to anyone thinking about coming to New York is uh, you need to start dieting. You don't need to start budgeting. You need to start dieting. You need to cut your calories down to about 1,200 a day if you want to live in New York. <laughs> now, let me ask you something. Do you enjoy cooking when you do cook what's your favorite no. dish it's funny we've never talked about this no no i don't i do it as a chore i make i can make Me a whole variety too, of breakfast dude. items but like i'm not making a nice dinner it was one of the omelet. goals for this year you know like figure something cool out but yeah slap an omelet together whatever i make a mean omelet right you you have said that you've made an omelet before like i think for yeah. the most part as as embarrassed as i am to say that the um microwave is just so easy for me to use you know like i could just put a bowl of beans in the microwave and then it's hot or like put that one minute rice in the microwave and then it's typically i'm using the microwave i hate to say it if i'm cooking i'd say it's like eh, it's like 70 30 using the microwave versus using the stove is that bad no i mean i don't even have a do i have a stove yeah i have a stove yeah you have a stove have a you stove. don't have a microwave I, thinking, I don't have an oven i have a microwave i don't have an oven uh yeah i here's the thing i can with a stove i make stuff that should be microwaved you don't have an oven you just have a stove i don't have an oven i do not what the hell yeah dude yeah it's not i'm not living high off the hog out here i got (laughs) this little cardboard box with a couple appliances plugged into something it'll probably electrocute me this isn't (laughs) i'm telling you when i when I get out of this place, uh, it'll be a happy day. You know what? I'm genuinely excited. I think as long as, as well as everyone who's listening to like see where you end up, you know, like Ted <laughs> has been a great roommate for you for um, a long time now. Obviously not Ted Jones here, but Ted, yeah. Peter's actual roommate who he lives with. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see where you end up, man. And I'm excited to hear about all the places that you do see in New York that you 
are all of the places that you're, go. that you're looking forward to potentially being in or or whatever it is and like even on street easy i get those notifications like every day every day it just it just seems so like the mad. rents are rents are really coming down obviously and there are so many units peter uh raising your pinky while drinking water very classy <laughs> oh you know what i also have to tell you something okay please so spoiler alert I was going to get you a little present, like a push present oh, for the 100th uh, episode. You know, push uh-huh. present like when you have a baby, but 100 episodes. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. okay. So I got this present, and it said it was going to get here on like February 5th or something, uh-huh. but it arrived today. Damn. So this I was going to give it to you. Of episode 90? Yes, dude. I was going to <laughs> give it to you today in studio, but I guess we'll just wait till the next time I see you, but... We're not going to be able to wait to until episode 100. There was no way I was going to be able to keep this in. For, <laughs> it's a live for another for another three weeks. It's a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I got I got holes poked in the back. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So um, I hope you're excited for it. By the way, I'm a, okay. You mentioned hamsters. I, I'm allergic to guinea pigs. Are you allergic <laughs> to anything? No, no allergies, but I do have a few guinea pigs buried in my backyard from childhood. Actually, <laughs> so don't don't go a digging out there yet. Yeah, there are a lot of animals buried in my parents' backyard. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're making a face that says that's not normal, but you right. grew up in New York. Not that's not a pet place. Yes, um, true. It's, it's, like, backyard, it's, it's just like people have dogs, really, and I guess people have yeah. cats too. What do you? Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest animal you can bury in a backyard before it's like, nah, that needs to be professionally handled? Interesting question. Um, I'd say a small cat. Okay. I don't All think right. you can. I don't think. Oh, you can bury a small dog. I know well, a friend yeah. has buried a small dog before. Okay. Okay. Well, good to know. But maybe, maybe the limit is like, <laughs> maybe the limit is like five pounds. Well, we buried the horse that I grew up with. <laughs> no way. Are you no. serious? No. Oh my God. I was like, one, you had a horse. Two, you buried it in your backyard. What the heck? Yeah. We just you're had like, a well, it was, You're like, well, it's technically a pony. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that big a horse. It was like a great day, honestly. <laughs> Maybe two great days tops. Uh, oh, Peter, man, you crack me up. So tell me about your day, man. I'm I'm interested to know what you what you eat, it what was, you do. <laughs> it was just a cruise through day, but um, what? Did, wait, wait, what does just, that mean? Excuse me, sorry. Like, like autopilot type of day. Cruister. Cruise through. I just oh, that, I you know I don't I don't know if that's a term. I may have just coined it, but. Uh, that, you know, just one of those days you open the laptop, you check your phone a couple times, send a couple emails and you're like, damn, I guess work day's over. Um, should I start drinking or get on this podcast? You know? Well, That's it is, it is Friday. We're recording a little bit early today. Do you have any plans for tonight? I currently do not, but because of the type of day it was, I was, I didn't have the chance to like hit up the very few people that i would see in person right now at this at this stage you know it's weird just you know i'm limiting my social circle um partially because people have left the city and partially because like i just can't have a million people in my rotation be going to their homes yeah so it's not like a big outreach but but i've yet to begin that process what about you what's what's popping off tonight i'm actually okay so my buddy is staying at his girlfriend's sister's place in Brooklyn because she's in Florida and like one of the distance roommates had COVID or something. So I'm going to Brooklyn tonight. I'm going to have a safe evening. 
And um, we'll see. I also have a plan potentially to go to Brooklyn again on Sunday. So two times in Brooklyn in one weekend. That really does not happen, Peter. That's crazy talk. I don't even hit Brooklyn twice in a quarter. <laughs> I do enjoy Brooklyn, you know, but I think that – I think I'm a Manhattan guy. How about yourself? Yeah, I could see myself settling in Brooklyn potentially. But that's just more of just like I know that it's a little bit more spacious and cheap out there. It's and it's also, it's also funny, like maybe that used to be like a controversial thing to say, like, oh, like I'm so like high class. I'm not going yeah. to Brooklyn. Like, meanwhile, there are plenty of neighborhoods in Brooklyn that are way more expensive than Manhattan. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are lovely places in Brooklyn. I don't hate it. It's just I'm a Manhattan boy. Like you said, I'm here. This is what I do. I walk around. I pop over to this place. I pop over to that place. No sweat. It's like a college campus to me. I want to see you. See you in seven minutes. That's how I like to live my life. And Manhattan does that for me. How many, how many places have you lived in uh, Manhattan? Uh, this is my fourth. Fourth, but... The first one was like, I was barely there. I was there for now, a month. Okay, so where was your favorite uh, neighborhood that you lived in? Uh, or favorite I, apartment or favorite apartment? I had a place on 5th and B with a community balcony, and that was a vibe. And also, Avenue B is like a nice, if you're an East Village guy, uh, which is good for, you know, a single 20-something in New York. East Village, uh, Avenue B, it's a nice place. Like a lot of dive bars, which I'm into, a lot of comedy-type bars, a lot of good brunch spots. You know, you got your bodegas, you got your Dwayne Reeds, you got everything you need. And then you can just turn up Houston and, uh, like, hit somewhere fancier if you want to go Houston Bowery. It's all, it's a very great radius. Not that I'm, I mean, St. Mark's, I'm eight minutes from that place now if I want to, but that's just not how you live in New York. You live in a very, very, very tight radius. And also Tompkins Square Park has, I mean, it gets better every year, but I remember back, back in the day, it used to be not such a safe place, but now it's like a very chill park, correct? Yeah, I was like right, right by Tompkins and I've never had any issues there walking through it in the middle of the night. No, but even, yeah. wa- even walking through uh, Lower East Side in the East Village today, it's just like so much more lively just because like, just because I think the, the retail spaces, like the restaurant spaces are a little bit smaller so like the indoor dining maybe they would have like 20 seats inside but it looks like for the most part they've been able to set up like some good outdoor seating you know what i mean like compared to other places in the city yeah no they have done a good job with that it's just not like like i'm outdoor dining we we told my tale i think a few episodes back of my like hour-long experience doing that catching a, a space heater and and surviving off that but yeah, outdoor dining is pretty much out to me until at least March. Until well, we I think that there there are definitely some good restaurants, and I, I guess I could let you know, um, I don't know, potentially off-air places that I've seen. Okay, so, uh, you know, I'll let, I'll let the people know now. So just in case you guys are trying to go on a date or trying to figure out somewhere to go and you literally have no idea, and it's very hard to find online, like, where is good to eat outside during COVID in the New York winter with heaters and bubbles and shit? Yeah. Uh, so Vix, which is by Lafayette down there in like Soho. So V I C apostrophe S. Yeah, yeah. Bo- Bocaria, Utoya, Mo- Momoya, and Cafeteria. Oh. Those are like five good ones that I would suggest that you guys check out if you really don't have anywhere to take um, a guy or a girl, whatever, on a date. But then again, I don't know. I don't know why I'm taking down date spots. I don't know, man. I'm 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 kind of a loner, so. Yeah, yeah. When uh, I'll go to this place, you are always you are always in the mindset of your next date. It feels. Like. I know it's weird. What the hell? 
I don't know. Maybe that's just how you're wired. We talk about uh, addiction in the recent episode. We talk about like obsessive nature. I think that's something that even just like watered down, maybe like more of a type A personality or something. You like to plan. You don't like to put your budget in Excel, but you still like to be organized and focused. And maybe that's just how you see dating is a means to an end. Yeah, maybe. I, but I do feel like there are parts of my life that are very organized and like kind of strict, strictly regimented. But yeah, it's so weird that there are parts of my life, like I said, that are regimented, but I don't put my expenses in Excel. Do you guys put your expenses in Excel? Can you hit us up on Ted Jones World at yeah. gmail.com? I'm Peter Moran on Instagram, on MySpace, whatever he uses, Parlor. Uh, Ted me. Jones, Ted, Ted Jones, on what? Find me. Yeah. Yes. Find him. Uh, Twitter is actually, uh, I think your best medium. No offense. You have great mediums, but Twitter, Twitter, you're also on medium. So (laughs) find me on there. If you want to read my words. Peter, Peter, do we have a, do we have an email today or what? We've got an email and this is from Jamie. He's 17. Uh, All right. This is titled wannabe rapper. Uh, interesting yeah. email. I really like this. Thanks for writing in, Jamie. Says, hi, Ted and Peter. Thanks for the podcast. Blah, blah, blah. I listen. Now, please advise. Love it. <laughs> Cut to the chase. Honestly, just word economy. Beautiful. Okay. I've been rapping for about two years. I'm talking almost every single day, recording in my bedroom with a decent amount of equipment to make it actually sound good. I've recorded a lot and I've come a very long way and I think I'm pretty talented. I know it's what I want to do. The thing is, I've never actually shown anyone. My friends don't even know I do it. I don't have a clip on TikTok. I don't have a YouTube, Spotify, nothing. Never freestyled at school. How do I find out if I'm good enough to share this stuff publicly before I put it out there? I think I'm ready, but I'm terrified about it not going well in the last two years being a waste. What do I do? Thanks, Jamie. One, Jamie, thank you so much for writing in. Two, send it to us. We, yeah, yeah. Are, send it to us. We are absolutely good ears to tell if you're talented or not, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you if I like it. And also, I think that, you know, Jamie, if you're working so hard on something, something that you're passionate about, the only way that you're gonna put that passion to fruition and make yourself, I don't know, make make a living out of doing this is showing it to people. You know, I understand you're a little bit worried right now, but the confidence will come, yeah. you know, especially when, especially he's been working on it every single day for two years. Yeah. I mean, it's your art. It's what you care about. It's fine to do it on your own, but if you want to do this, like you said, you want to do it, do it. You, this is what you want to be as a rapper. Then you got to have followers. You got to have fans. You got to have people that like your music. So you got to put it out there. And you said the last two years might be a waste right? That wouldn't be the case. If this goes poorly, if you released it, didn't get any sort of traction, people didn't really like it, that would not be a waste. You said you're notably better than when you were 15. You're 17 years old. You're a child, no offense, you're a child. And you have so much time to continue to grow. It would be crazy if you were already like a super dope rapper. But if you're better than you were two years ago, you put it out, you find out where you're at. And people might give you some good advice. I'm not saying change your art, change your style to fit whoever it is. But like people might say, hey, I really like this. And you kind of lean into that side of it. Yeah, feedback. You fix it. You know, it matters. It matters feedback. And you also have to get over this fear of performing publicly or sharing it with because that's what you're going to do. It's a public art uh, when you when you're putting out music. So you have to do it that way. Also, you might you might be trash. You could definitely be. It's definitely a possibility. But of course, wouldn't you want to find out? 
No, you what definitely is, need. I mean, Jamie, you definitely need to find out. Like all jokes aside, here you can absolutely send it into Ted Jones World Podcast here with Peter Moran, and we'll listen to it. We'll let you know. But also, if you've been working on it for two years, man, chances are you're pretty solid. And, and you've been and you've been working on every single day. I I have faith in you, man. Yeah, I mean, you have to know if you've been writing like every single day, you have to know that at least the bars are good. Like there, there's no doubt, right? Um, that's, and it doesn't that's a, and it doesn't matter if you have if you haven't freestyled at school like you know professional rappers don't freestyle yeah i mean do yeah like like you say you don't have youtube spotify tiktok like go do those things use them get probably no views to begin with if you have nothing on there but but i don't know a lot of people put their stuff on tiktok put it out there find out what people think there's also like an anonymity to it that is kind of nice when you put stuff what out. what do you mean for which like for if what? you put something on like tiktok it doesn't feel the same way on there. It's like Instagram, it's probably your friends, you maybe like parents, family, people like that, that were, you'd feel weird bearing that side of yourself with them, especially if it's something you kept on the lowdown for two years, but you can put it out on the internet into a circle. that's not necessarily super personal um, and not for like sharing your life updates. And you can find out what random strangers think about, which is probably the best taste. Yeah. That's of, good advice. What people feel, you know? Um, yeah. Do you you have any like issues? Have you ever dealt with something like this, Ted? Like obviously you you do comedy. You have you're not putting a song together and putting it out there. But do you have like jitters about doing this or about sharing anything that you do? No, for sure. I think that um, just in general, it takes a number of a number of times to do something that makes you uncomfortable. Like comfortable, you know what I mean? Like. I remember I was I was literally sick to my stomach probably the first 10 times I went on stage doing comedy. Oh, yeah. Like to the point where I didn't even want to go to the comedy show because I got so nervous and like there would be so many butterflies in my stomach, but I knew that like that's what I wanted to do. And kind of the same thing here, like my first five, the first five episodes of Ted Jones World is just me like talking to the camera and it, it, like and saying shit i basically don't even i don't even know if i have the answers to you know just like filling the filling the void with my voice or whatever it is like okay yeah man your first song might suck your second song might suck your third song might suck but yeah. chances are by the sixth or seventh song you could have some you could have a hit you know like, as, long yeah. as, as long as you continuously progress in your career and you just keep taking step by step you're gonna get better you know, like maybe you won't be able to make money rapping, but you've been doing it for two years, Jamie, and you're 17 years old. You have another, you have another nine years before Eminem even first put out his yeah. first album, right? Yeah, you got nothing to worry about at this point. It's a long, long road. And also, if you've been doing it for two years solo, like you clearly care about it. You know, you have a passion. You're going to keep working. You're doing it for you, which is great. I actually, you know it's tough that you feel insecure about sharing with people, but I do think it's great indicator that you've been doing this on your own, just like in your bedroom by yourself doing it for this long. Cause then that's a clear dedication. A lot of people right now with like the ability to just so swiftly go viral on the internet, whatever, just want to put something out there. They just yeah. want, they want to like sprint to the fame or, or whatever they think they can get from it. You care about this clearly. Like most teenagers are not doing that maybe for a sport. That's the thing you're playing for your high school team, but most teenagers are not doing anything remotely artistic on their own repeatedly like this, like that in itself, that work ethic, that commitment is special. And I think that 
is an indicator that you probably are good and that, yeah, you'll keep working. Like you're not going to just give it up if people didn't fall in love with your first drop because yeah, you, this is a good life. This is what you do. And I feel like the more you drop, like the more people are going to be interested regardless is if it's good or not, man. Like you have to show interest in yourself first and then people will start believing in you second. You know, yeah. like I, we can't just like Peter and I can't just go up to, I don't know, a random person on the street and be like, we would be really good doing a podcast. They'd be like, okay, like, yeah. what, do you have any proof? Do you have any, like, can I listen to something? Like, well, how am I going to be- just believe you two guys? Cause you guys yeah. say you're funny. Cause you guys are comedians. Like, no, it's not like that. You got to show your work, man. You know, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to show your hard work. And God forbid it doesn't work out. Then in, then in three years, you'll be super successful doing something else. Just don't stop trying. You know, I yeah. think that's, that's the motto of this email too. Just keep going until, you, until something sticks. Keep throwing shit at the wall until something sticks, Peter. You got to go burn a CD, hit up Venice Boardwalk, hit up Miami Beach, whatever it is, and start begging strangers to play your tape. And then give it to them as they walk by, assault them almost, force it into their pocket, and then be like, yo, you're not going to give me 10 bucks? Because that's been my experience with independent artists. No, that's funny you mentioned that because back on, I don't remember which episode, but we were talking about how I bought Christopher Foster's CD off the street. This is a random rapper who I told him I didn't have any money. And he's like, oh, well, you got Cash App? It's like, yeah, I have Cash App. So I ended up Cash Apping him $5. And Peter, I still have not listened to the CD because I don't have a CD-ROM player. Yeah, who has a CD-ROM player? And I've also, like, has he been running into trouble? Like, do you think selling CDs? Like, who has a CD-ROM player these days? I, yeah, that's, that's actually kind of crazy. Like, Maybe in, like, my, a car? My laptop doesn't even have one. Does my your car have even, one? I don't even have a car. I live in New York. <laughs> no, but, like, <laughs> when, you, when you were driving home from, like, Buffalo in New York, how were you getting there? I was renting cars um, okay. and they never had CD players. They oh. really didn't. These are all modern uh, rentals, but yeah, it is kind of a weird thing. Also two other things of note, one cash app prior to Venmo. That's weird. If you're, you're doing everything outdated, like ask someone if they have a Venmo. I mean, oh. cash app <laughs> he didn't have Venmo. I asked him. I was that's like, weird. I Venmo you? He was like, Oh, I got cash app. Yeah. That's weird. If you don't Why? have a Venmo, to not have a Venmo, that is by far the most used one. That's like, that's insane to live in this society and not have a Venmo. Well, I don't, I don't know if Venmo is on the Samsung, is it? Uh, it better. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah, it has to it's be. It's got to be. That'd be ignorant AF, bro. Yeah, no, it's definitely on there. If you don't have a Venmo, I think you probably pulled a scam and are banned from Venmo, especially... If you have a cash up, because maybe I would be like, oh, you're super sketchy. You don't even have a bank account. You're doing, you did some weird stuff. You got some fraud going on. But uh-huh. if you're not on Venmo, you probably did that whole thing where you like sent money and then someone sent it back. And then you like, I don't know, you like tried to deposit <laughs> it before anyone actually had to show the funds. And then you had like a fake account. Like it was probably fraud. This person probably committed fraud. Well, also <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's got to be pretty difficult to be kicked off of Venmo. Cause like every three or four weeks for the, for the duration of my entire life, I've been sending time. To- Oh, excuse me. I almost said his real name. William, <laughs> William Williams, 240 bucks for dinner. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's like, I mean, but that looks like I would actually be sending like 240 bucks for dinner. Maybe we'd get that monthly dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it used to be that people would just label everything drugs. I would. Right. Or they, or they, they just use like a snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like if I, when I was in college, I'd 
pick up Chipotle and my roommates would Venmo me and it would be labeled drugs. And everyone's like, this is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> like drugs, hookers, every single transaction. Drugs, like, We're hookers. so funny. This is hilarious. It's like, <laughs> and then it was also funny when people started to seriously use Venmo and say like, what's it for? So they could keep track. That's like something you do, right? <laughs> you put it in the, in the line. Item. I just toss an like emoji. Linens, linens and sheets. Linens and things. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, here's the other thing. You, we're increasing amount of homeless people probably because of the pandemic people losing. You might, you're walking by someone, you drop them a buck or two if you have cash on you. People are carrying way less cash. Yeah. There's some people that can't afford a home but do have a phone, I'm sure. Um, there Definitely. are people like that and might have a Venmo on their sign or something. But but it's going to be increasingly hard for people to collect spare change. Like I would love to know the numbers on homeless people getting paid uh, as wait, 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 ca- carrying cash declines, you know? Oh, oh you're like, saying, I can't, like, I, I, I really have not seen um homeless people like with signs that say like take cash app or venmo i think that would actually be it would be beneficial to them no maybe i could see also people judging and being like oh you have a phone which is ridiculous but i can see that no but that's Um, also kind of valid like phones realistically well you can get a phone for i'm sure you need to participate 35 a month or something like that you need a phone to participate in society i think i would I would have, if I were homeless, I would still keep paying my phone bill if I lost the ability to pay my rent because there's no way I'm getting a job. There's no way I'm getting back into society and into housing without a phone. phone. Yeah. You know what I think is also a good idea, which I have thought to tell a homeless person, but I have not yet, but I will eventually when the time comes. I'm going to tell a homeless person, like instead of, you know, on their piece of cardboard, they write like, oh, uh, like a dollar, a nickel, anything will do. Like pennies will do. You should write a hundred dollars, a hundred dollar bills only, please. And one, you either are going to get a ton of laughs or two, you might actually get a hundred dollar bill from someone or a guy passing by who thought it was funny. He'll give you a 20. Is that not a good strategy? Start, start. I don't think it's a good strategy on a sign, but I did hear someone, maybe this was a, like a, an open mic or someone telling me a story, but where someone was like, Hey, like, give me a hundred dollars. And they're like, what? No. And it's like, all right, fine. Give me like a dollar. And he's like, all right, fine. You can have a dollar. And that was this guy's whole MO. I'll, it's asking for money is I like people look down on it, understandably, no. but, but it's like one of the most impressive things. Like if I had a, business i would hire people that go on the subway and ask people for money and i would train them in this in selling whatever item you're pushing because that level of shamelessness and that level of like being able to just ask someone for what you want and talk to a stranger and get over that fear is like like no one has that unless you're that level of like i need this that level of hunger um literally i guess in this case which is messed up but but yeah like that's (laughs) That's how I would go about it. Um, I yeah, yeah. No, that's I, that's actually, that actually makes a good point. Also, like, like when they're selling any candy or something, something like that. Um, you know, I mean, those are the people who really need it, and those are the people who are going from cart to cart asking, you know, anyone to donate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I want to close this with a little uh, little would you rather we were given. Actually. Oh, go ahead. And because it, it's kind of on topic. Um, okay. Would you rather I direct deposit 500 grand into your bank account, mm-hmm. just like that? Yeah. Or you have 
I bring trucks full of a million dollars worth of pennies. Now you don't have to store this. We're suspending reality for a little bit. You don't have to store this whenever you want to get the money. You can go to this truck or storage unit, whatever, that is just filled to the brim with a million dollars worth of pennies, a hundred million pennies. But you can't just like roll it up and deposit at the bank. You, you want to spend money, you have to get those pennies. Okay, so there's a truck full of, of a million dollars worth of pennies, yes. correct? Or a direct deposit of 500000 into my bank account. Correct. I'm going to take Those the 500000 into my bank account, man. A million pennies sounds like a nightmare. Who's going to handle that for me? hundred million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah okay. It's a hundred million pennies. <laughs> okay, where do, you, where do you draw the line? How much money would you accept as a direct deposit before you take the, the million dollars worth of pennies? You mean the other way around? Like, like how little would it be for you to do it? Like, obviously you're taking the hundred million pennies over a hundred dollars. Oh, like, okay. 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 Right, right, right. I'd say once we hit like 350,000 compared to the a hundred million pennies, yeah, you might have to take the a hundred and a hundred million pennies. I think I might go all the way down to like a hundred K over those pennies. It just sounds so inconvenient. And I don't know how you'd ever be able to sort out a hundred million pennies. Yeah, having to go in there, roll it up, and then spend with the pennies and Think carry that around. Think about how heavy that is, too, and you have to, like, put it all in the coin store. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm taking, like, 50K before I do <laughs> Honestly, you know, just I, give me I'm give taking me mine back, too. I might be taking, yeah. like, 75K. That sounds like a full nightmare. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. Um, yeah, yeah. 75K is the number. <laughs> Peter Moran, thank you so much. Episode 90 of the Ted Jones World Podcast with Peter Moran. Uh, I'm Peter Moran on just about everything. Uh, TedJonesWorld at gmail.com. Peter, I will see you next time. A goodbye. Peace.